You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome back to Over and Under. And wow, I'm, we're going to wrap this thing up today. And you're probably glad we're going to wrap it up. The Christian and alcohol, such a small matter in the whole scheme of things, but yet it has been the subject of so much divisiveness and just hard feelings, if you will, within the church. We don't really need division in the church at this time. It's really kind of crazy that we would cause such division over some things, but everybody picks their battles. So I hope you found the series informative. I did my best to uh, bring some material from people who are much more educated, much more eloquent than I am. I do uh, strongly encourage you to go read uh, the works of the Temperance Society and the two two essays that I had referenced, Bacchus, Anti-Bacchus. Bacchus is by Ralph Ginrod. Anti-Bacchus is by um, Benjamin Parsons. And then the rebuttal and examination of Bacchus, Anti-Bacchus by Professor John McClain. That you should be able to find that very easy on a Google search. So... Today, I don't have a lot of notes. I had a lot of notes. I was trying to impress you. I was trying to sound like I knew what I was doing. Today's going to be just me talking, so I don't know how much editing I will be doing. I'll probably have to do a lot of editing. You will probably hear things like me drinking a cup of coffee, which is like right now. Let's see what that sounds like. Oh, that was good. So let me, let me just jump into two of the stories I wanted to share with you with me and alcohol in the church. Okay, so we're going to jump to, I guess I'm about 20, 27 years old, and I joined this small church. They're meeting in a house. They do have plans to build a sanctuary. I am a member of the church. They start building the sanctuary. I do a lot of things with them. Um, I put the floors in the bathrooms. I set a lot of the doors. I do a lot of staining and painting in the church. Me and my wife take on the project of the nursery, which we put up chair rail, wallpaper, painted it. And then as the church got going, they asked me to start doing announcements. I started doing announcements. One day the pastor comes to me and he says, Ed, we'd like for you to meet with us. We, we would like to ask you, would you consider being a deacon? Well, being a young man, I was thinking, man, deacon, that's, that's an old dude's job, but Okay, let's let's do this. And so I, I go to the meeting. I'm sitting there, and it's going very well. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a deacon, it looks like. And then we get to the point of alcohol. They have a, they have a rule. You drink alcohol, you're not going to serve in that capacity. And um, so I had to tell them, you know, I, I don't drink very much. I really didn't drink hardly at all. Then if we went to the fish camp, man, I love to have a cold pitcher of beer with my father-in-law as we sat down. Those were good times. I miss him. I miss those times at the at the fish camp. But getting off point here. So I, I basically just told him, you know, I would be glad to serve, but that's not the requirement of a deacon, not as I understand it. And we went to Scripture, and it was a circular conversation. Nobody's going to give in. And I grew up not with these people, but I grew up with Southern Baptists, and I knew this was a was a dead horse and I thanked them for their time, and you know, it wasn't too bad. I was still allowed to go to the church. Of course, I was able to serve. I even continued to do announcements, so 
Uh, they uh, it wasn't the kind of shame that uh, I would tell you about I felt later on. And I might as well jump to that story also. About 20 years would pass, and I'm at a different church now. And uh, me and my wife were coming through a very hard time. We had a very, very sick child, and my faith was once again challenged. And so I, co- I come back to God. I mean, I was just at a point in time. There's much more to that story, too. But just uh, like the prodigal son, here, here I come again. I mean, I'm broken. I'm I'm seeking, and I I know the only place that I can find refuge is in God. So I join another church. I start playing in the praise band. I'm very, very involved in the music in the church. Um, become friends with the music director. My wife is very involved in the church. We go to discipleship class. We We are part of that family. So we go to July of, I want to say it's like, 2015 is this it's been several years now i'm meeting with a music director in a restaurant and we're talking about the program for christmas dude took his work very seriously so six months out he's planning for our christmas show we just had a very very nice uh, christmas production uh, the prior year and uh, i guess he's thinking what can we do to match that or even top it won't go into all the details of that conversation. It went very well. It was very pleasant. But we get to the end, and he said, Ed, I've got some bad news. One of the members of our group was going to, well, he wasn't being asked to leave the church, but he could no longer play in the praise band. He they, Evidently, they saw on his Facebook that uh, I can't remember if he had a beer in his hand or just somebody with him had a beer in the snapshot and on further conversations with him, you know, he admitted that he uh, drank alcohol. He didn't have any problem with it, but they did. And so he no longer could play in the praise band. Ironically, he was teaching the youth group for some reason. The pastor, I guess, didn't want his face on TV, but he was perfectly okay to teach the the youth. He was He's a very likable young man. If I remember correctly, he had a degree... In religious studies, I don't remember if he earned his doctorate in divinity, but he did uh, graduate from Liberty University. So I had some pretty good credentials as a teacher. He was not going to be able to play on that stage in that praise band. You would not see him recorded on the uh, Vimeo, or nobody would see his face. And uh, the problem was he drank. So I was drinking. Uh, I still Still love to have a glass of wine with a steak. If we were out of the fish camp, I generally would drink a beer. So I said, well, you and I have to have a conversation. And when I told him, I mean, it's like his mouth just hit the table. And he says, is there anything you could? That was exactly what he said to me. Is there anything you can do about that? And I looked at him. I said, why would I have to do anything about that? Now, again, I'm in a Southern Baptist church. I I don't know what I was thinking. I must confess that's my bad and probably should have said something. No, I should. I probably should have just said something right at the very beginning. But, you know, in 1995, they finally got around to saying they were sorry for the issues of slavery, uh, civil rights when it come around. So I don't know. Maybe I thought maybe somebody grew up and we're now having a grown-up conversation about a grown-up drink, but I was wrong. I was wrong. This is, they hold this doctrine very dear to their heart and they're very serious about it. 
So we part ways. He comes back. That the weekend passes. He picks me up on Monday. He's met with the pastor, and now we're sitting down and we're talking. He's just trying to see, I guess, what he can do to convince me to not partake of alcohol. I'm sure I said I shared many verses with him. I don't know if they're the same things that I went over with you. But his response would always be, well, pastor so-and-so feels. And, it, you know, it dawned on me, I'm, selling, I'm sharing scripture with a brother, and he is sharing what the pastor thinks. And, you know, I think the hallmark, maybe not of the Southern Baptist, but if you look in the history of the Baptist, they, those people took the word very serious. And they did believe in another Another precept, what is it called? The priesthood of the believer, which basically says that you can read Scripture and you can understand it. And one thing the Southern Baptist did teach me to do was to read Scripture. And I still do to this day. I still love to read it and want to understand it. So I wasn't budging. They weren't budging. So when we got back to the house, you know, I step out of his car and he says, well, you're still going to continue to attend. That was that was bizarre. Because I'm sitting there thinking, what does that look like? Do I have to sit in my car and watch the Holy One from a closed-circuit TV? How how close can I get to the altar? You know, almost like the what's the inner, inner veil that was torn when Jesus Christ was crucified, signifying man being reconciled to God. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I might be done with church altogether. I surely was never going to step foot in a Southern Baptist church again. So there's my stories of alcohol and the church, how serious this doctrine of teetotalism is. I believe uh, that was handled wrong. I hold no hard feelings. I've got enough things that I will have to answer for myself. I'm, I'm really planning and, and hoping and I have the faith God's grace will cover Jesus through his son, Jesus Christ, that and his grace that I will be covered that day. And I do the best I can. Uh, there was really one time I really just thought I couldn't do the church dude thing. Um, just didn't feel like I was cut out for it. And the way my, the way I thought, I mean, what do you do when Jesus Christ confronts you with uh, man? If you if you lust upon a woman, then you've already uh, committed adultery. If you have ill feeling towards your brother or something, you've already committed murder. Man, that's, uh, that's hard to live up to. Looking back, I think what Jesus was trying to tell, tell me and everybody else, you can't do it. That's why you need a Savior. I'll share this with you, too. And, you know, God bless the clergy. You know, I so often look at them and think, you know, that's, that's the ideal. That's, that's the standard right there. They, they just look so good. They're clean. They're proper. Their suits are pressed. Ties straight, hair looks like it was always just cut the day before, and you're thinking, man, that looks so holy, and that's like so not me. Let me tell you, it was probably getting close to uh, pastors, music directors, their families. When I realized, man, they 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 they're feeling the struggle too, and I'm I look at some of them and thought, man, I don't even know if they're doing it as good as I am. And maybe it is. Everybody needs a Savior, and they struggle. So I surely don't want to put off anything of a holy nature to you. I told you right from the very beginning, there's nothing holy about me but the Savior that I serve. So let's be very clear about alcohol. 
like a lot of things. You can use that alcohol and you can abuse that alcohol. Now, the next thing that you're probably going to be hit with, okay, Ed, how about the stumbling block? Well, how about a stumbling block? Jesus Christ was a stumbling block. He made the Pharisees and the Sadducees stumble all over themselves. Why? Because just like those two guys that wrote that essay who just could not wrap their brain around how Jesus was, what he should do, what he shouldn't do. So were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Hold on, i got to pause here. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Thank you. So we'll continue on. Man, it's going to be interesting to play this back because I'm just rambling. What were we talking about? Stumbling blocks. Okay. So Jesus Christ was a stumbling block. Uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had their perceptions of him. And people do to this day. They're always trying to hammer uh, Jesus into something they think he should look like. So as far as stumbling blocks, I wanted to read something from you. Uh, this the, I will be reciting this. This comes from Sam Rayner. I hope he uh, I hope I pronounced his name right. His father is CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources. This article goes back some years, 2009. And Sam's father just wanted to take an informal survey. His son had given him a Twitter account or turned him on to it, and he just wanted to try it out. So he simply takes an informal survey, and he says, what do you think of Southern Baptist? And he got, he said, 60% uh, 60, 60 of the responses were negative, 30% 30, 30 were positive, and 10 were neutral. So here they are in the order. Let me read them to you. Legalism, controlling, fights, legalists, hellfire and brimstone, Pharisees, fried chicken, don't drink women who can't wear pants, Disney boycott, cooperative program, banjos, Adrian Rogers, fundamentalism, passion, missions, conservative, conservative, strategic bickering, Disney boycott, Pharisees, piano, organs and robes, irrelevant, boycotts, vacation Bible school, legalism, becoming more reformed, narrow-minded, fond memories and memories, legalistic, awesome dinners, suits and dresses, old school, traditional worship, not real, legalism, behind the times, extreme conservatism, crazy people, restricted missionaries, very legalistic, Bible-believing, more about what you're against, Jesus followers, Southerner, Swiss army knife, all blades open, evangelizing, loving, yet legalistic, biblical, welcoming only to some socially relevant talk but does not walk missional deacon legalist introduce me to jesus christ safe southern don't understand spiritual gifts slavery country evangelism fundamentalist sect missions traditions strength legalism potential for maximum impact small rural churches potential for complete irrelevancy easy believism inerrancy gospel overshadowed by politics inerrancy fighting uptight legalistic legalism Legalism, passionate about holiness, staunch, stuffy, holy rollers, unwavering, traditionalist, fundamentalist, lost the next generation, hellfire and damnation, old traditions, too limited, closed-minded, self-righteous, over grace, hymns, pipe, organs, choir, antiquated, don't let God move, Pharisees, legalism, names that need changing, fights, missions, controlling, Baptists from the South, younger generation, desires, reform, relationship with Christ, cooper co cooperation for missions, baptism, missions, tradition, cooperative program, love, contrast of old, new, my grandmother, fried chicken, solid doctrine, worldwide missions, inerrancy, Sunday school, tradition, Bible, Disney boycott, more negative than positive, old people, conservative, pipe organs, biblical infighting, evangelistic tradition, 
family connections, legalism, blind about miracles, Lottie Moon, no drinking, rich in the past, not in the future, don't know water, turn to wine, fundamentalists, fellowship, legalism, fried chicken, and three desserts, men in suspenders, controlling right doctrine, don't trust laity, missionaries, business meetings, other Baptists, legalists, names that need changing, inefficient. Ooh, good gosh, what a list. Back to stumbling blocks. You still want to talk about stumbling blocks? Did you hear any stumbling blocks in there? I did. Let me tell you, I have talked to people about God and Jesus at the time of holding a beer in my hand. Incredibly, uh, a musician called me up when I was going through that all that stuff with that last church, and he asked me this question. This is a question he posed me. He said, Ed, what if God came back today? And you had a beer in your hand. And I was thinking of all the things that I could be involved in at any given moment, maybe not one of my best times. If the only thing that I was doing was holding a beer in my hand, that's a good day for me. So I don't know what I don't I'm not real sure where the brother was going with that. But with that list that I just read you, all those perceptions were well earned by the Southern Baptist Church. So. That is a card that I'm not going to fall, throw out there too quickly. And if you're a Southern Baptist, I would keep that on the down low uh, if you're truly trying to witness, because that is a stumbling block. So uh, be careful with that. I know I notice that more and more people are moving away from at least using that name in their in their church and making that affiliation known. Matter of fact, not only Southern Baptist, but Baptists in general, we're getting all these trendy names. Uh, what's the comedian's Named Tim Tim Hawkins, I believe, he says that every non-denominational church is basically a Baptist church with a cool website. Yeah, people are are moving away from it because it in and of itself has become an incredible stumbling block. Now I can tell you, I this, there's many Southern Baptists that are listening to this, and they're taking it as a badge of honor. They're they're saying that's showing that we are separate from the world, that we're not partaking. That just that just. I guess emboldens them, and I, and I just think that's a, a wrong perception and a wrong tack to take. So here we come on 1920 minutes. I'm sure this podcast doesn't sound as polished as the rest of them because, like I said, I I just wanted to come in here and and talk a little bit. I told you that I would share those personal experiences that I had. Take from them what you will. Uh, some of you are probably sitting there, good, good. I'm glad they did what they did to you. You deserved it. And then maybe some of you think that wasn't fair. I just want to put it out there. It is what it is. It was what it was. And uh, I've moved on. I, I pray for those people. I wish them well. They have led people to Christ and made a real difference in the world. But that's all I got to say about that. Okay, so I have burned up 20 minutes. I thank you for listening to me ramble. And... Uh, Unless I get a bunch of comments and the questions are so incredible, I feel like I haven't addressed them. This this will be the last thing I have to say about the Christian and alcohol. I do so sincerely appreciate uh, you joining me. Please leave comments on things that you would like to talk about. They don't have to be about religion, anything, any current events or topics that you think might be interesting to the audience. I would love to hear from you. So God bless. And uh, I wish you well till we meet again on Over and Under.